Dear Money, goes like this. Well, dear Money, I wrote a song for you. Just leave me to believe you buy me everything you need me to do. me full of emptiness. Hey, Money, it's time I called you out. I'm about to wait and say it, but you think you're trying to walk away. It turns out you can't keep your That song's too fun not to do whenever you're talking about money. Well, good morning. You want that? I don't need that one yet. I'm still freaking out about the middle schooler I got going on. I think he's already started to lose some of his brain cells, by the way. So maybe that's happening earlier these days. Well, I got a great word for you today. Here's what it is. Free. Everybody say that. Free. We love that word, don't we? Free, 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 free. A couple Saturdays ago, my family and I went to someone's backyard, disassembled a playground just by ourselves, and we have small kids, so thank you, Heather, for that help. And we reassembled it in our backyard, and it was a chore. We rearranged our whole Saturday. I dropped a big piece on my foot, broke one of my toes, Yeah, it still hurts right now, so you can have some sympathy for me. All of that on that day. Now, why in the world would we go through all that trouble, rearrange our Saturday, break a toe to put a playground in our backyard? I think you know, because it was free. We love free, don't we? Free is good. Free samples, free shipping. Buy one, get one free. We love the word free. And anybody in advertising knows the most powerful word in advertising is free. So today, we're going to continue this series, ABC. 
And we're calling it ABC because what we're talking about is pretty elementary. It's simple stuff. It's really important stuff. And it's really big stuff for every single family. And that's why we're talking about it for a month. Brian kicked us off last week talking about the A part of that, our attitude towards money. And he reminded us that God can free us from fear and from greed in our finances. Fear about not having enough, the greed side of it, being consumed with always wanting more. And today I'm going to talk about the B, bondage. We have bondage, but what I really want to talk about is free, freedom from the bondage. God can free us from the love of money, and he wants to replace it with contentment. Freedom from bondage, replace it with contentment. And there's two big aspects of freedom that I want to talk about specifically with this. There's free from, everybody say free from. from. And there's free to, say free to. So we can be free from things, and we can be free to partake in certain things. And here's what this looks like. Here's the free, free from. Oh, they're going to bring them up one at a time. Bring them all up, so I don't remember them, so i got to read them. Okay. Free from, we can be free from the burden of worry and anxiety about money. Whew, that sounds good. Free from impulse spending that leads to regret. Free from guilt of not being able to help other people. Free from relational conflict over money. Yeah, that's good, right? So that's free from. We can be free from some things when we talk about freedom. And then there's free too. Let's look at the free too ones. So the freedom to enjoy what they have. Wow, that would be good. Just to enjoy what we have. The freedom to be happy for others who have nice things. Mm. Seems like a lot of times rather than being happy, we just get envious. Man, I wish I had that. Oh, yeah, look what they have. Oh, yeah. We can actually be happy for that. Free to impact the world through generosity. That would be something good to be free to. Free to sleep at night (laughs) without the worry of money. So here's what I want you to do. Look at that. That's freedom too. Just look at that list. And I want you to just think of one of those maybe that just stands out to you like, man, that one really hits home with me. Just take a second. Ruth, go back to that other list. And look at that list. And maybe pick one off there that you'd just be like, man, that one really hits me. Like the worry, anxiety. And then just for the next few seconds, turn to somebody next to you. And tell them which one of those really like jump out at you. Like, man, that really, that really sits well with me or that really strikes a chord. Just turn to somebody around you. Yeah. Feels good to say some of those things sometimes. Some of this is confession. Free from impulse spending. I know, stop doing it, you know. I love that, though. It's just good to be able to see those things and to know, oh, man, that is. That's, that's something that really jumps out at me. Now, all right, now, yes, everybody shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> now, here's what I hope. I, I hope that most of us, we talk about free. We all like free stuff. Still, we do. We like free stuff. But I hope what you really desire is to be a free person. That's what I'm hoping, okay? And here's what the Bible says. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money, from the love of money. Notice that it doesn't say keep yourselves from money. God isn't saying in order for us to be free that we have to be broke or live live in poverty. That's not what we're saying here. We're saying it's the love of money. 
And I know as soon as we talk about it, somebody will be like, oh, I don't really love money. I mean, I don't, I don't love it. Well, maybe you don't love, but you might be in love with it. There is a difference, like when we're in love, because here's what I think. I think with, with, when it comes to money, it's a relationship issue that we have. That I think sometimes we may be like, well, at the core, I don't love it. But I think sometimes we can kind of be in love with it. You know what I'm talking about? Like those relationships. Like how many in here is married to their high school or college sweetheart? Anybody? High school or college sweetheart? That is awesome. We've got some of those. Now, how many people in here would say that when it comes to a relationship in high school or college that you had one of those relationships where you're like, what was I thinking? If you raise your hand the first time, do not raise it this time, okay? I just, I, fellas, I just want to help you out. How many people have one of those relationships in college and high school? Like, what was I thinking relationships? Yeah, some. Some of you guys are just flat out lying. So we have, because we have those kind of relationships where we're just like, what was I thinking? Like, you really didn't love the person, but you were like in love with them. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we approach money that way. Like, we're in love with it. Like, we lay awake thinking about it at night, how I'm going to get more of it. We lose sleep when it starts to slip away from us. We long for what life would be like if we could just be rich right then, you know. It's in love. There's songs on the radio that talk about money. If I had a million dollars, billionaire, for those of you over 40, I want to be rich. Remember that song? It's easy to kind of have this relationship with money where we think, if I just had more of it, I think it would bring me joy and happiness. And we don't even need studies, but there are studies after studies after studies that show people that have more and more and more and more money that just aren't happy. It doesn't bring happiness. We all know that. So God's saying, I don't want you to be in love with money. Don't be in love with it. And you might still be going, yeah, but I'm really not in love. I don't take money out on dates. I don't lay awake thinking about it necessarily. Well, I want to look at a scripture because maybe you're not. But maybe you do struggle with it. And let's see a scripture that might help us out with this. Here's what it says. It says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Hmm. I don't know. Now maybe you're going, huh, maybe I might be in love with money a little more than I thought I was. Because I think if, I'm not going to ask for hands, but if I said, who's not satisfied with their income in here, there might be some hands going up. If I said, hey, who feels like they just don't have enough of money? Hands might be going up. Why? Maybe because you might be in love with money. And more money is this elusive carrot idea, right? Where it's just kind of hanging there and you constantly try to get more and you just continue to follow that. And it's not just dollars. This can also be stuff, okay? I, I struggle a little with the stuff, Probably more than I do with the dollar side of things. Uh, growing up, we were dirt poor. We didn't have anything. So when I started to get older and I got my own job, my own house, I'm like, I kind of like stuff. I can buy stuff. Pile it up, stack it up, stuff, man. We can get it. So I struggled more with the stuff. And we, we lived in town uh, just a few years ago. We had a, a small lot in town. Well, then we moved out of town with a little bit more property and some room. To have more stuff is what it feels like. And what I learned is like that property, now I got to take care of it. And it requires more stuff to take care of the stuff. And then I find myself thinking, hmm, if I had that stuff, that would help me take care of this. You see what I'm saying? It just goes on and on and on. And we start, pretend, we start pretending that like 
we need it rather than I think I'm just wanting it. And then we get to want, it's like, oh, what am I wanting at the core? Oh, I'm, I'm wanting more stuff. But here's how I think we deal with this. We got to break up with money. That's what we got to do. That's why that song's so good. We got to break up with money. Have you ever had a friend who's in a bad relationship and you know it, and then finally you have to step in and say, you got to break up? Yeah, well, you're that friend, and I'm telling you, you got to break up with money, okay? You're in a bad relationship. you got to break up with it. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to break up with money? Because breaking up is hard. First off, that song, Dear Money, just be thinking about that. Because every breakup has a song. That's your new song. That's your breakup song, Dear Money. And I do think that we have to get to a place where we have to, it has to start somewhere. And if we're going to break up, we got to start with a conversation. And as silly as this might be, you might need to actually like get money out sometime and just like hold on to it a Washington, a Benjamin, whatever it is that, that brings the money for you. And you might just need to have these kind of conversations. And I'm serious about this. Listen to this. Money, you don't have the power to make me happy like I often thought you did. Hey, money, having a lot of you isn't as good for me as I used to think it was. Money, this relationship is over. Like actually maybe get your wallet out at times and say, I don't love you, but we can still be friends, okay? We can still be friends. Now, that's a lot easier than it's said, said than done, right? And we also know that breaking up is one thing. Staying broke up is another. We know how that works, right? People get back into these terrible relationships, you know, or we have things where you like, you break up with somebody, next thing you know, you got a stalker on their hands, like they won't go away. And I love, I love this, this saying, the problem with chasing money is if you ever stop, it'll chase you back. That's good. Because it's like this constant thing that keeps pulling on you. So how are we going to do it? How are we going to break up with money and stay broken up with money? And let's look back at that, at that verse again. The very first word says, keep. Keep your lives free from the love of money. So it's keep. It's continual. It means that we do it. Not just once. We might need to do it daily. We might need to do it hourly. It might need to be moment by moment for you. I don't know what that looks like, but we keep doing it. Because in another place in Scripture, God says you can't serve God and money. You can't, you can't love them both. So how are we going to break up in this crazy relationship? Well, the next part of the verse says this, and be content. Everybody say content. Content. That word just feels like when you breathe it out, content. There's just something about that word. And in order to break up with money, we need to learn contentment. So we have to break up with money and begin a long-term relationship with contentment. That's what we have to do. we got to get into a new relationship. And when I think of Scripture, the person that comes to mind when I think of contentment, Paul. Man, it seems like he just had the corner on it. I love when he and Silas are in prison for telling people about the love of Jesus. They're in prison. They're shackled. They have nothing. They don't know when their next meal's going to come. And Paul says, I've learned to be content in every situation. They're so content. They're singing and praising God. He didn't say, contentment's so natural for me. What did he say? I've learned to be content. He saw the value in it, and he began to practice, and he began to learn to be content, and it brought him something beautiful in his life. 
we get caught up in thinking more, more, more. Or if I just, gosh, if I lived in that house, or if I lived in that neighborhood, then I'd probably be content. Man, if I could ever get to a place where I'd drive that, I, I would be, if I could take those kind of vacations, I'd be content. If I could stack up this amount of money, I bet I would be content, right? We get caught in that trap, our infatuation with money and stuff. And what it's doing, it's keeping us from the freedom that God wants us to have in this relationship. And the thing that he wants us to have is contentment. Scripture says this. I love this relationship with contentment. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I, I love, it's like this. Do, we have, do I have a, a thing for that? Let's go to the next slide. I think I might have something. Maybe I don't. I want to, but yes, yes. Look at this. Godly, so trusting God plus contentment equals great gain. That's really good. I think we get it backwards. It's not that we just say, oh, we're going to kick God out of the equation. It's I think we have this equation in mind too often. The next equation, that's it. See, we still have godliness. We just think godliness plus great gain equals contentment. And what scripture says is godliness with contentment is the great gain. That's where we find it. That's the great gain. When we love money, we know ultimately it's not going to make us happy. We need contentment. I love this quote. Listen to this. Ron Blue. So this is a guy dedicated his whole life uh, to helping people with financial freedom. And this is what he says. Having the cash to buy or do what you please does not guarantee contentment. The content person is one who can be separated from their possessions without being undone. Consequently, they do not have to live in fear of loss. Man, that is good. Contentment in relationship depends on one thing. And here's what it is. Hebrews. Let's look at the whole verse. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. You know, when I first heard this scripture, I would hear people quote it. God's never gonna leave you, forsake you, never. Man, we can have peace in that, that's great. But I didn't know it was tied to money. Like, I was like, wait, when I actually found out, where's that scripture? Oh, it's actually tied to my love for money, a reminder that this is where my heart is going to be pulled so often and saying, no, it's not about this. It's about reminding us that God will never leave us and forsake us. I love that last part. That way we can have confidence that the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. And I think our biggest challenge that we struggle with money is this. It's rooted in fear. It's rooted in fear of security. That ultimately we think our security is in money. That if we just don't have it, we're going to be miserable without it. If we don't have lots of it, I don't know that we'll be able to make it through life. Life's not going to be any fun. It's not satisfying. So what does that mean? Does it mean that God's, this idea of God's never going to leave me, does it mean that I'm never going to go bankrupt? or lose my house? Does it mean I'm always gonna drive a nice car? My kids are gonna get to go to college? Does it mean I'm always just, you know, my daughter, I could pay for her wedding? <laughs> Glad we don't have a daughter, by the way. 
Does it mean when I turn 65 I never have to work again? Those are really great questions, but I don't think we're promised any of those things. None of those are guaranteed. But what God is saying is this. It's so simple, but it's so profound. He's saying contentment is found in trusting him. Contentment's found in trusting God instead of trusting money. So it's this idea we think this is where it is, but it's actually over here in trusting God. We fear that we're not going to have enough. We have fear for security. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3. You guys probably know this verse really well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. There's a lot of freedom in that. Isn't it free like when you know where you're going, you don't know where you're going, you just type in an address, dunk. Siri's just like, hey, turn left, turn right. You just drive around like, listen, right? Turn into the lake. Okay, we just like do whatever we want. Whatever it says to do, we do it. Why? Because there's freedom in that. We're not folding a map and looking around and where do I turn? We just like, we just do it. There's freedom in letting God direct your path. There's freedom in saying, God, I trust you instead of money. There's security in trusting him rather than money. There's just freedom in it. Trusting money is a life of stress. It's a life of fear. It's a life of chasing the carrot, a life of never enough. Trusting God is contentment. Trusting God is joy, and there's peace, and there's purpose, and there's security, and there's goodness when we trust him because he promises to never leave us, to never forsake us, because he's always present and at work in our life and our security comes from him. And the writer of Psalm, I think, understood this well when they penned this. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. That I find my security in you. So the trust of money not going to do it. Trust in God. And ultimately, here's the, here's the thing. We get to choose. There's really good news in that. Like, we get to choose. Love of money, trust in God. And it's really important that we get to choose because when we get to choose, you know what that means? I have agency in it. Like, I get to make this choice. Willfully, get to decide to follow and to trust God. We get to choose. And I think sometimes we think that seeing is like, oh, now that we see what we want, like that's it, I see it. Seeing is about awareness. Like this morning, you might have a new awareness. Ah, I think I know what I need to do. And then you might walk out of here going, oh, that was good. No, that was just awareness. When you choose, it's about alignment. It's about taking this awareness that you have and aligning it with your wanter, which is down here in your heart, and being able to move in the direction that you see and that you want. And that's what choosing is. Choosing to follow Jesus in those ways. Choosing to trust God with everything that you have, including your finances and your stuff. And just like Paul, we have to learn it. So how do we learn it? Well, we got to practice. Anything that we're going to do and that we're going to get better at, we have to practice. So if you want to practice contentment, you've got to have some practices to do that. 
you got to have ways to do that. Your first practice, your first thing to do might be starting to have some conversations with money. Might need to be breaking up with it, okay? Then you might need to put some other practices. One of my favorite practices that I have that I've been doing for the last several years that's been so good for my soul is gratitude. And I have a little folder in my phone. It's called gratitude. I, just, I have all kinds of pictures in there of money. There's so many pictures of money in there. You know what there's pictures in there of? My family, my friends. Ultimately, what there's a picture in there of is my life. Back to when I was a kid, my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister, my family, Jackson when he was born, first time I held him. Gratitude. And you know what happens when you practice gratitude over and over and over again? My stuff looks a lot less important. It produces something in my heart that wants to bless other people because I feel the blessings of God that he's done in my life. I want to stay in a moment a little bit longer. Still get angry, but I get out of it much faster. And I repent, and I go back, and I help teach, and I love, and it keeps my heart soft. And I'm able to find contentment a little easier because I'm practicing gratitude. So I don't know what that is for you. Starts with the decision to trust God. Trusting is not just about a decision in the head. It's about now we got to move in some way and begin to do some things in our lives. So this morning, I just want us to bow our heads for a few moments. And I'm just going to give you some time in quiet. And I want you to do two things. The first thing I want you to do if you desire to truly trust God in that, I want you to let him know. And then I want you to process a little bit about what you might do this week to begin practicing so that you can find contentment.